0: I mean, Lord, we thank you so much this morning for your word. We thank you, Lord, that your word is the only thing that brings life and that brings truth and that brings freedom into our lives. And so, Father, I pray, Lord, that Holy Spirit, you would speak to all of us today. Lord, I pray that you would speak to the deep recesses of our hearts this morning
1: as you invite us
0: into this vital communion with you every single day. And thank you for the huge honor that we have, Lord, to be called your children. To be able to have a relationship and communication with the living God, the King of all kings. Lord, we thank you that there is no other king besides you. And what a privilege and what an honor, Lord. It is just so amazing to be called your children. And we pray, Lord, that you would speak to each one of us a fresh manner Reign my word this morning. That will change us from the inside out. I pray that you will not be the same when we walk out of here this morning. That you will deposit something in our spirits, in our hearts this morning. Please be the one speaking today, Lord. Our hearts are open to receive and our ears are willing to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. If you are new to our church, we've also got our notes on you vision. That's the Bible app, so I want to encourage you, often the Lord will speak something to you in the service, but where does it become revelation inside of us, often when we go back afterwards? Go and study the Word of God, that's where a lot of the the depth and revelation comes, for me personally, it might be different for you, but I want to encourage you, take notes, because God wants to speak to you, I mean, amen. Amen. All right, so I'm so excited about the word this morning. There is an excitement uh, in my spirit, something that I feel the Lord has been talking to me for probably, I don't know, the whole year. But when Johannes said a few weeks ago, we are going to go into Sunday night prayer nights, everything inside of me jumped and said, yes, that is the year. There is something that the Lord is doing among us, and it's not just us here in Vintuk, it is among the body of believers globally that's calling us to a deeper place of prayer. Amen. And oftentimes when we talk about prayer or we host a prayer night, it's not the thing that gets everyone jumping up and down. Everyone loves a good word on three steps hard too, but prayer seems to be something that people are not always excited about. And I believe one of the reasons is just because we don't really understand the power and the privilege of prayer. And so before I get into it, I want to share this there is something about praying corporately together there is obviously prayer for us as individuals in our relationship with the lord but there is something about praying corporately together that releases us into a new place in the spirit as a church this phrase i don't know who's heard this before everything is first birth in the spirit before it manifests in the natural who's ever heard that before everything we see is first birth in the spirit before it manifests in the natural that means everything starts in prayer everything starts in prayer and so these prayer nights that we are doing is not just to beg the lord for a new building we believe god is, god is sorting that we've got enough word we've got enough promises to know he will place us with a building exactly what we need at his perfect timing and we were joking this morning how the lord is never early but he's never late So for those of us who like planning, that is painful. Amen. But God does so much inside of us. But I believe that we are in a season spiritually, globally, of transition. What do I mean by that? Who's noticed that in the last while there are many leadership shifts and changes happening in the world as well as in the church? The Queen of England, 70 years of reign, there's a new king. Okay, Charles is stepping in. There's a new generation taking over the reins. It's a big shift in the spiritual realm. There is also, we are, if you don't know Living Word, Living Word has been around for 37 years. um, When Neville and Tangerina are our spiritual fathers in Pretoria, Bromiria, and they planted Living Word in Pretoria, the first campus, 36 or 37 years ago. And this week we had a pastors network conference in uh, Pretoria, and Johannes and I were unable to attend this year, but we will hopefully be able to go next year. But what happened at this year's conference, when Neville handed over the baton of leadership to his son, Marcus Norden. Marcus is stepping in, he's already been leading the network for the last seven years, the network of pastors all around South Africa and of course us here in Namibia. But there is a shift in the leadership. There is a new generation rising up and taking over the reins. Who knows Pastor T.D. Jakes from America? Very well-known pastor in America. his church, the Potter's House last night. He handed over the baton of leadership to his daughter, Sarah Jakes. There is a new leadership. There is a new shift taking place. Who knows Pastor Rick Warren, also from America? Well-known pastor, Saddleback Church. Last month, he handed over the baton of leadership to a new young couple to lead the church there is a shift in the supernatural there is a shift in the spirit we are transitioning into a new season into a new time if you follow the hebrew calendar the jewish uh, jewish calendar tonight is actually the jewish new year it's starting a new year five seven eight three Johannes will know Tonight is the Jewish New Year. There is a shift. There is a new season that we're entering into. Do you see where I'm going with this this morning? That is why the Lord calls us in a time of transition into a deeper place of prayer. Into a deeper place. And what is prayer? Prayer is communication with our Father. Prayer is communication and knowing and building into our relationship. Lord, where are you going? What is your agenda? What is it that you are doing? Because we want to move with where you go. We want to move with where the Spirit of the Lord is going. We do not want to go our own way. Amen.
1: Are you with me this morning?
0: I'm I'm one of those preachers that I can't even hear me. So you've got to work with me. If I if I want to encourage you, this is a church where you can shout, "Amen." You can be loud. It's okay. I love that it encourages me. Is that okay this morning? Amen. Come on. ons is 'n lewende Amen. Okay, so what I want to talk to you today about is the power of fervent prayer. The power of fervent prayer. And I believe this is something that the Lord, as I said, has put on my heart because we are in the season of transition. And I want to read you a scripture this morning that we are going to camp on. It's in James 5 verse 16. And I think everyone knows this scripture, but let's have a read together. It says, passers to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective everyone say fervent, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Avails much. En die Afrikaans, wie praat allemaal Afrikaans hier? Okay, basically everybody. And die Afrikaans it says die gebed van die gerechtige does that make it clear a little bit this morning? Vierig. Okay. It comes from the inside of us. It comes from inside of our spirit. Ek can't the is hier So Amen. Let's go to the Amplified. I love the Amplified. The Amplified Bible always gives us a perspective of what did the actual Greek text say. And let's look at it in that scripture. It's also a new vision. It says, therefore, confess your sins to one another, your false steps and your offenses, and pray for one another that you may be healed and restored. And the next one, the heartfelt and persistent prayer of a righteous man believer can accomplish much when put into action and made effective by God. It is dynamic and can have tremendous power. I want you to keep up that slide for now what does fervent mean the heartfelt and where it comes from here it doesn't come from here it doesn't come from just reciting words it comes from a deeper place it comes from the inside of us and persistent prayer of a righteous believer can accomplish much when put into action and made effective who makes it effective god does It is dynamic, and it can have tremendous power. Who's ever felt like your prayers are hitting the ceiling? It's going nowhere. We can be honest, my hand is up. Church, and I want to encourage you, this is probably one of the areas that I think as believers we often struggle the most. But the irony is, it's the most powerful weapon that we have. It's the most powerful privilege that we have. Because nothing that we see in the natural can manifest without being birthed in the Spirit. How are things birthed in the Spirit? Prayer. If we don't pray, God often does not go to work. And I'm going to talk about that this morning. It's not my opinion, it's scripture. A prayerless Christian is a powerless Christian. Now, I don't know about you, but I didn't sign up for some religious activity. I want to see power when I pray. I want to see my prayers be answered. And I want to see God's will established on this earth. Otherwise, what am I busy with? To me, there is no other point. What, what can we be... So we need to find ourselves in a place, Lord, how can we... Pray prayers that are powerful how do we pray prayers that are effective? in other words it gets answered It moves things in the natural it births things from the spirit to the natural and I'm, I'm really sensing that God wants to release a new fire for all of us in our prayer life so my prayer is this morning that You feel a fire on the inside of your belly on the inside of your spirit that God renews Holy Spirit renews something inside of us to remind us, hey, your prayers are powerful. And to also remind us, don't stop praying. Because, and, and this is where the Lord's been dealing with me, sometimes we get weary in prayer because we feel like, hello, is anyone listening? And hello, how long does it take to see the prayer answered? Amen? But there is something this morning, and my prayer is literally that God would feel us to be persistent. But I persistent. I maybe feel like I'm tired, I get weary, so I surround myself with my church family, I get encouraged again, and I go, and I go, and I go, because heaven hears every time that we pray. Can I encourage you this morning? Every prayer that you've ever prayed has been heard. <coughs> Is anyone believing me this morning? I pray it encourages you this morning. The Heere for us. Amen. I'm getting so sidetracked.
1: What does fervent mean?
0: It's an old English word. So I, I like a good definition because I want to clearly understand what the Lord is speaking about. So it's translated from a Greek word, energia, which means energy. Energy, nee? is Is it not Fervency is not something that comes easily. It requires a real zeal, commitment, and mental focus. So oftentimes, I remember I grew up in a very traditional church, and you know those prayers that we pray when it's, you know, just before we eat, sech Father, fader, sop, and you can, you can say that little rhyme out of your head and not even think twice about it. It's like when you're driving. Who's realized sometimes when you drive, you don't even realize you're driving. It's so into you, it's so automatic. That's not fervent. That's not the kind of prayer we're talking about today. It comes from a deeper place. It requires commitment. It requires a mental focus. It requires tuning in. Lord, I'm tuning into you. It means to have a passionate intensity, an intense feeling or enthusiasm for something hot, burning, or glowing.
1: And now I know I'm already losing half of you because you're
0: thinking, my akkasi so means me. It's okay. The Holy Spirit's fire will touch you this morning and something new will emerge in your prayer life. Amen? Amen. Who wants that this morning? Okay. Another word for fervent is the Greek word Zoe, which also means life, but in some contexts it's used to say to be stirred up with enthusiasm, to be excited, to be on fire. Okay? It described Apollos, who was in Acts 18, verse 24, he was fervent in spirit. And I relate to this guy. The Bible says that the more he spoke, the more excited he got. The more he preached, the more on fire he became. You can ask, Your Highness, some Sunday mornings I will wake up thinking, oh, here I'm so tired, I can't do this. The moment we get here, the moment I hear the worship music, the moment I start speaking, the moment I start reading the word, there my excitement and my fears up. And you know what the Bible says? You need to stir the own fire inside of you. It's possible for all of us to be on fire.
1: We don't, have to, we don't have to live
0: cold. We can live passionate. We can live enthusiastic. I'm not saying everyone needs to be as crazy as me or as crazy as Job or Johannes or Stefan. But you've got your own fire inside of you. You've got your own passion inside of you that comes out in a unique way. I mean, Okay. I'm having fun. Alright. To pray fervently is to pray with an intensity, but here's the key. It is fueled by the Holy Spirit. It is fueled by the Holy Spirit. I don't have to try and fake my excitement. I don't have to try and fake passion. It comes from Holy Spirit on the inside. That's why I believe it's possible for all of us to go to a new place in our prayer life. And James is obviously talking about this kind of heartfelt prayer. And in context, we're going to go to verse 17 and he says this. He takes us back to the Old Testament. And he says, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. What is a nature like ours? The same physical, mental and spiritual limitations and shortcomings. And he prayed intensely for it not to rain. Next one. And it did not rain on the earth for three years and six months. Then he prayed again, and the sky gave rain, and the land produced its crops as usual. Now, oftentimes when we read that scripture, we think, oh, well, I don't really believe that the Bible you know, is correct in saying this. The Bible says Elijah was a man like us. But then we read about the account where he killed 450 Baal prophets, he called down fire from heaven and burnt up all the sacrifices of the Baal worshippers, he raised people from the dead, he did miracles, and you think, that doesn't sound like the average person. But the truth is, the Bible says that he had the same shortcomings as us. If you read through the Bible, Elijah, even after that huge victory, he ran away as soon as Jezebel, the evil queen, said to him, I'm going to kill you. And he ran away and he said to the Lord, he ran to the wilderness and he said to the Lord, this is too much for me. Please take me. The same person that God has just used mightily, powerfully. And he had a little bit of depression, I would say. So he had the same challenges. He was still a human. But what was the difference? He allowed the Lord to come and use him even in those weaknesses, even in those human frailties and human shortages that we all have, that we are all so, um, what is the English word, Ne? And so I want to talk a little bit about Elijah's story this morning. So what happened with Elijah? Why does James compare Elijah to a man of fervent prayer? And so I did a bit of study and I looked again at Elijah's Elijah's story and it's profound because last week or two weeks ago when we had our women's gathering, we were talking about Elijah 1 Kings 17 where Elijah went to the widow um, and the Lord spoke about the provision and he did the miracle and then on Friday night at Living Words Apostolic Conference they were also preaching on on 1 Kings 17 about the provision so that's just nothing to do with the message but I thought profound. So, okay, who was Elijah? Elijah in the Old Testament was a prophet. You know, in the Old Testament, the Lord sent prophets to try and get the folk, the people who were worshipping idols and who completely went off the rails as it pertains to the worship of the Lord. He tried to send prophets in to get people to come back to the Lord, to remind people of the word of the Lord. Of the laws of that day. And so he was in a place, Elijah, where the Lord sent him to the pagan king of the day, Ahab. Ahab was a, basically an evil king, but he was married to Jezebel, even more evil. And they turned to Baal worship. They were worshipping Baal, and this is what happens. The first time we hear of Elijah is in 1 Kings 17. It's not on the screen, but it's in your notes. 1 Kings 17 verse 1 and it says Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the settlers of Gilead, said to Ahab, to the king, this is the first time that he comes in, and he says to him, as the Lord, the God of Israel lives, before whom I stand, there shall be neither dew nor rain these years, except by my word. There shall be no rain. So the prophet comes, Elijah comes and he says to the king, there will be no rain, except at my word. And what is significant about this prophecy, this prophetic word that he gives the king, is that they worship Baal whom, according to their rituals, they believe that Baal was the god of the rain, the god of the weather. And so the Lord says, I will show you who is the real creator here. I will show you who is the real God. And he uses the prophet to say, go and tell them there will be no rain. And it's actually interesting, if you go and do a Bible study, there's no record in Scripture that the Lord actually told Elijah to go and tell them that. If you go and do a study, it says in Deuteronomy, the Lord gave all of, the, all of Israel, all the people, the law that said, If you go and worship another God, I will shut the heavens over you. So all Elijah did was really just act on the word of the Lord that was already there. I thought that was profound. He challenged their so-called God by proclaiming that the God of Israel controlled the rain. So the Bible says that he was a man just like us. So why was his prayer fervent? If it's something that God really declared, what made his prayer so amazing? And I believe this is why. Go and read 1 Kings 18. That's the next scripture. We're going to be in the Word this morning. You can turn to 1 Kings 18 verse 41. And so this is now after he had... Challenge them and challenged the Baal Prophets and all of those. So now Elijah comes and he says to Ahab the king, Go up and eat and drink, for there is the sound of abundance of rain. Now he's speaking to the king and kindly note, there is no indication of rain. It is still a drought. It was a drought for three and a half years. Okay, so Ahab went up to eat and drink and Elijah went up to the top of Carmel, which for interest's sake means fruitfulness. And then he bowed down on the ground and he put his face between his knees and said to his servant, go up now and look toward the sea. And so he went up and looked and he said, there is nothing. And seven times Elijah said, go again. And then it came to pass the seventh time that he said, there is a cloud as small as a man's hand rising out of the sea. And Elijah said, go up, say to Ahab, prepare your chariot and go down before the rain stops you.
1: And now it happened in the
0: meantime that the sky became black with clouds and wind and there was a heavy rain and Ahab rode away and went to Jezreel. And then the Bible says that the hand of the Lord came upon Elijah so powerfully that he outran the chariot. <laughs> Should have added that scripture, that's very powerful. So basically what happened was, Elijah went up to the mountain, and he went to pray. And at his prayer, at the seventh time, the heavens opened, and it started to rain. And I believe there are three keys that we can take from the fervent fervent prayer life of Elijah, to remind us and encourage us in our own prayer life, how fervent prayer can release energy, can release power, and where we can see the effect of change and results of our prayers There are obviously many angles we can take with prayer this morning There are so many different things we can say about prayer But I really felt like the Lord wanted to encourage us from the story of Elijah this morning There is something in here that if we catch it will change our prayer life Will change not only our prayer life, but it will actually change our relationship with the Lord because how many believe that if I struggle in my prayer life, and I, I feel like God is not answering my prayers, it has a massive effect on my relationship with the Lord. Mm. Because if I feel like I'm, I'm praying to a God that doesn't hear me and doesn't listen and doesn't want to answer my prayers, what do I start to believe about Him? What, what does that do to my faith? What does that do to how I see Him in my day-to-day life? Three keys for prayers that will see results. Number one, and again, this is nothing new this morning, but I believe it's a fresh manner where this stirred me on the inside of my core because I was there on Thursday. <laughs> Key number one, persistence. Persistence. When Johannes tried to date me, he had a little saying afterwards that he told me, persistence breaks resistance. <laughs> Video that's but I was like, I'm serving Jesus, I don't have time for this. It's me and Jesus, and I don't want no man taking me off course. Verstaan? unless he is a pastor and is willing to give his life up for the Lord. Johannes seker, I was like, oh, I was not so sure. Anyway, number one key is persistence. I always said resistance. That means unhouded. Sonder opa. I keep on, I keep on, I keep on, I keep on. Even though we have a word from the Lord, we must continue to pray until we see the breakthrough. Kindly note, if I have a word from the Lord. Sometimes I think we go into a place where we want to pray our own will, and we can't understand why the Lord is not bringing that into alignment. Elijah had a word and a promise from the Lord and that's what he was praying. He was praying the word that he already had from the Lord. As a church, we have a word from the Lord for this church.
1: We have a word from
0: the Lord for the nation of Namibia. We have a word from the Lord for where he is taking this ministry. We have the word from the Lord for our children's church. That will be huge. That will be raising up a next generation. That means we are going to continue praying until we see that next step, until we see that next breakthrough. Amen? Elijah had a word from the Lord that he would send the rain again. In 1 Kings 18 verse 1, the Lord said, I will soon send the rain. This was 70, no, 40 verses before he went up on Mount Carmel. The Lord said to Elijah, I will soon send the rain. That's all that he had. I will soon send the right. and he still had to pray seven times. He still had to pray persistently until that thing came through in the natural. It was already declared in the spiritual realm, are you with me this morning? It was already declared there. God says that His word will never return void, but He uses us to pray, to bring it into fruition, to bring it into fulfillment. And I think that is a powerful, powerful key that I personally was very encouraged by. He did not stop praying and seeking God until he saw the fulfillment. Jacob in Genesis 32 verse 36 said to the Lord, I will not let you go until you bless me. It says something to me about a desperation on the inside of us. I don't know about you, but I'm in a place of desperation for some things in my life that I'm like, Lord, And He says, no. It's not about a place trying to manipulate the Lord. It's about taking the Lord at His word. At His word. What is the word that you are holding on to this morning? That maybe it's been a while. Maybe you felt like giving up on it. We are all human. We all go through it. We want to give up. We get tired. We get weary. That's okay. The Lord says it's okay, but don't stay there. Don't stay there. Give it another go. Pray another time. Find a prayer partner. Find someone to agree with you in Jesus' name. Get into some of our home cells where we can pray for one another, where we can encourage one another's faith. Because it's very easy to get weary when I'm alone, it's very hard to stay weary when I'm among on fire. Praise (laughs) the believers. It's hard for me on a Sunday morning to stay discouraged if I'm among all of the people here. This basically on I Amen? Come on. Hannah, in 1 Samuel, couldn't have children. The Bible says year after year after year she went to the temple crying, weeping, being desperate before the Lord. And eventually Eli, the prophet, said to her, are you drunk? And she was like, no, I'm just praying. She was praying fervently. She's a Mormon, Because she was desperate for something that she knew she had a promise for. And the prophet said to her, God has heard your prayer. And a year later she had a son. Became one of the biggest prophets in Old Testament history. She was desperate. She was praying fervently. Acts 12 verse 5. Let's have a look at this. Here is good. Acts 12 verse 5. Say to your neighbor, here is So Peter was kept in prison, okay, the early church, these believers, you know, they were quite radical. They were out there preaching the gospel, being persecuted. James was, oh, someone, was just killed, okay, by the king. So, next up was Peter, and he was clearly going to lose his life, so the church was like, no, 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 we have a word from the Lord that peter still has a ministry so it says the fervent and persistent prayer for him was being made to god by the church the church was like no 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 no. we can't just leave peter there god gave a word the holy spirit was just birthed we are supposed to expand the church and we are going to pray earnestly we are going to pray fervently. we are going to pray persistently corporately day and night the bible says in the evening, right through the night, they were praying. And suddenly, an angel appeared. Do you know how God is suddenly? It's not so suddenly, in our time at least. Suddenly, an angel came, released him. He came knocking on the door. And they opened and they were like, okay, close again. And The Bible says that they were praying through the night. In fact, the Passion Translation says this. The church went into a season... Of intense intercession. The church went into a season of intense intercession, asking God to free him. The power of fervent prayer. The power of fervent prayer. Luke 18, I'm quickly running out of time, but I'm going to go through every scripture because this is so good this morning. Luke 18, verse 1 to 8. I was so encouraged. I was telling the team this morning, I couldn't stop preparing for this because the Bible is so full of encouragement on prayer. And yeah, it really encouraged me. This weekend, Luke 18, read through this with me this morning. One day Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they should always pray and never give up. And there was a judge in a certain city, and he said, who neither feared God nor cared about people. And a widow of that city came to him repeatedly, saying, give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. And the judge ignored her for a while, but finally he said to himself, I don't fear God or care about people, but this woman is driving me crazy. I believe personally that is that is my goal and aim in the spirit. This woman is driving me crazy. I'm going to see that she gets her justice because she is wearing me out with her constant requests.
1: And then the Lord said, Learn a lesson from this
0: unjust just judge. Even he rendered a just decision in the end. So don't think, don't you think, That God will surely give justice to His chosen people who cry out to Him day and night. Will He keep putting them off? I tell you, He will grant justice to them quickly. But when the Son of Man returns, how many will He find on the earth who have faith? How many will He find on the earth who have faith? The Amplified says, how many will you find with persistent faith? And that hit me as I was preparing this week. I was like, Lord, is my faith, is my prayer life persistent? Or do I give up too easily when I don't see the breakthrough? And I had a wobble last week. and I said to you, this is too hard. I'm like, I don't know if I can do this. And then the Lord had me set up to prepare the sermon, and I'm like, new fire, Jesus. I'm going to keep praying until I see that cloud. Until I see the cloud, even if it's this tiny. But my God will not let His chosen one slip. He will answer. If I can find myself in a place where I'm praying His word, where I'm praying fueled by His Holy Spirit, and I stay in abiding with Him, He will not let me go. Amen. we need to be persistent sometimes we don't see the breakthrough because we don't endure and persist persistent prayer Elijah prayed seven times looking do you see it yet how many times did he tell his servant go again do you see it yet do you see it yet And I feel like this morning the Lord is asking some of us do you see it yet do you believe that I will come through because He is the God of breakthrough. He is the God of miracles. And I don't say that lightly because it's a, it's a nice thing to say. In Jewish culture, you know that scripture where Jesus says, keep on knocking. That speaks about the principle of persistence. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. In Jewish culture, if children come and ask their father for something, they won't give it to them the first time. Nor give it to them the second time. Maybe only after the third time. Why do they do that? They want to test to see if the character is big enough to sustain the blessing that they're asking for. And they want to test, is this something really that they want? Because if it is, they'll come back a second time and they'll come back a third time and they'll come back a fourth time. I thought that was profound. Second key that we can learn from Elijah in terms of What is a key that can help us with persistent, fervent prayer is humility. The Bible says this it says that Elijah bowed down on the ground and put his face between his knees. To me, that speaks about a posture of humility. It speaks about a posture of, Lord, I realize that in this thing that I'm praying for, in this thing that I'm trusting you for, I am nothing, and I have nothing to contribute to see this come to pass. And the Bible says that the Lord opposes the proud, but He gives grace to the humble. And so prayer to me is something that will keep us in a position of humility, where we tell the Lord, Lord, We are actually exalting you, and nowhere in our own strength, not by might, not by power, only by your spirit, this will come to pass. It is a place where we humble ourselves. I heard one minister say this one time. He said, proud people don't pray. And I thought, how true is that? Proud people don't pray. Because if I'm full of pride, I believe that I can have a hand in this. I believe that somewhere in my own strength, my own strategy, my own ideas, I can, I don't need the Lord in this. And I believe what generates faith, what helps us to pray from that place of fervency, from that place on the inside in our spirit, is realizing, Lord, we are nothing in this equation. Only you. Only you can do this. And I believe sometimes the Lord gets us to that place where we are completely at the end of ourselves. That's usually a good place to be. So if you are in that place this morning, don't be discouraged, be encouraged. It's the best place you can be. It's the place where breakthrough starts. It's the place where miracles can start to flow because I'm at the end of myself. A place of humility. And I believe that so much more of the kingdom, of breakthrough, of the manifestation of the King can be seen in our lives, if we will humble ourselves and pray, if we will, even in our families, even if in our marriages, husband and wife, if we can humble ourselves, sit down, and I don't know if the men, I don't know, for the guys, I don't know if this is something that you sometimes struggle with. I think it's, it's sometimes easier for women. We I'm not saying women can't be proud, we definitely can. But you hear my heart this morning of humbling myself before my family to say, guys, let's bring this thing before the Lord, before we even try and make our own plan. Often prayer is the last resort. Hey? And I believe God has encouraged me in my own life, in my own heart, in everything we do in church, but even things outside of church. Have you come to me first? Or have you first tried your own plan? Have you first tried your own ideas? Or is prayer the first place that we start? Johannes and I are doing a thing when we gather on a Tuesday morning as staff, the two of us, we have a meeting. We talk about Sunday coming up. We talk about what needs to happen in the week. Or is Mark to do laces while acting. And what we do is we pray. Because leaving from a Sunday and getting to a Tuesday, we try and take Mondays off as our Saturday, but the to-do lists, and I know many people can relate here, they'll culminate there. So it's easy for me to just ignore the Lord completely and just go into what I believe needs to be done. And the Lord's really doing this thing in my heart where He's like, how about you put your little to-do list aside, as great and lovely as it looks, and first come to me, humility and seek my will for what is ahead and then you go and rewrite that to do this because maybe then that list will change maybe then the lord can give us heaven's strategy to see heaven's results amen there's still for all kinds is it the things or is it good okay thank you stephan Daniel 10 verse 12 is a powerful reminder of this principle and this key of humility. Daniel was obviously praying. He was again also serving the pagan kings and they were not allowed to pray. But he prayed three times, four times a day. And the Bible says that when the angel came and stood before him, he said to him, don't be afraid. Since the first day you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before God, your request was heard in heaven. In other words, the first day he started praying, he was hurt, And I have come in answer to your prayer. We must also remember that there is a spiritual warfare going around the moment you start praying. The moment you start praying, you know when you sweep when you sweep a dusty floor? You can ask some of our team here who sweeps this foyer in the morning. Hallelujah. We need different clothes to do set up and then to have church in. It is like a sto-volk-tornado. What It's the same thing in the spirit. I thought about it this morning as I was watching people sweep. The same way that you make waves in the dust, you make waves in the spirit when you start to pray. And that's sometimes why there's a delay in our prayers or what we perceive to be a delay. Number three, the third key that I believe that we need, and again, this is nothing new, but it is a fresh reminder, is faith. If we want to pray fervent prayers that see our prayers, action that see results, we need faith like Elijah. Elijah believed that the prayer was answered before the answer came. He said to, to King Ahab, I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. There was no other indication in scripture that he saw anything. In fact, he prayed seven times before they even saw a tiny minute cloud. What was Elijah doing? He was prophesying the word that he already had before he saw it in the natural. It is not enough to only just pray in this season. I believe we also need to speak by faith. We need to declare what we are trusting the Lord for. I have decided that I am changing just an example of our building I am changing the way that I speak. If people say, well, how's it going? You know, have you found something? I'm like, yes, almost. <sighs> yes, God's got it. We just need to, you know, receive the download. But the Lord already has it. Yeah. Or sometimes when, when some of the estate agents tell us, oh, Vintip is, it's impossible to find a venue. It's impossible. And this is what we've heard. And I have said this many times. So I have repented about that. It is impossible to find a a venue invented with your specs. Well, Luke 137 says, I serve the God of the impossible. So uh, I've just decided, bless every estate agent, but my God is the God of all venues. He is the God of the impossible. And I'm using the venue as example, there's something in your life, where people are telling you, it is impossible. Where society tells you, it is impossible. And the Lord says, Do you hear the sound of the abundance of rain coming? What is the word that He has given you? That is the word that we are standing on.
1: That is the word that we are
0: standing on. And sometimes, even in the story of Elijah, we were sharing this with someone in this week we were having this conversation. You know how sometimes you trust the Lord for something and you are the servant of Elijah. You are running up the mountain and you're looking and you're seeing nothing. So you come back down discouraged. So Elijah says, no, pray another time. You go up and you run and you look and you're seeing nothing. So you go back, discouraged. And the more you see nothing, the more discouraged you become. And I was reminded this week that sometimes an answer in the natural that is a no or a closed door does not mean that the word is invalid. It does not mean that that word will not come to pass. It just means it's not his time yet. It, it just means that it's not yet the door that God wants to open for you. It just means that I need to pray another time. I need to be persistent. I need to keep going and I, keep, need, to, I need to prophesy the word of the Lord over this situation. It means that I have to speak it before I see it. The Bible says, speak those things that be not as though they are. Is that speaking to anybody this morning like it spoke to me? Four people, amen, in Jesus' name. Come on, church, Isaiah 55 11. actually from verse 10. Listen to what the Lord says. This is the God that we serve. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven, and do not return there, but water the earth, and make it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes out forth from my mouth. It shall not return to be void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. That means when the word comes to us, when the Lord gives us a word, when He gives a promise, this is the key, it shall accomplish what it was sent forth to accomplish. So what I have been encouraged to do is I'm going to pray more scripture in my prayers. I'm not going to rely on my own words. I'm going to rely on his words and pray it back to him. Because it has to accomplish what it is sent forth to accomplish. Elijah did not pray his own words. He did not pray his own ideas. He said, Lord, you said it will rain, it shall rain. I see the abundance of rain coming. And church, you know what, this is not This is not the easy way to live. I mean, this is not the easy way to go. It takes all of you. It takes all of your commitment. It takes all of your mental focus to walk in faith every day. But this is where I want to encourage you. What has helped me in my journey and what continues to help me, even if you're the pastor, it doesn't make you exempt from, you know, having to live by faith having to trust the Lord, having to push through when things seem difficult and when it feels like it's hitting the ceiling and it's not coming through, is that if I did not have this community of faith, I don't think I would have lasted and even started in the ministry. And I wanna encourage you, there are way too many of us trying to do this alone. Every single week we are inviting to home cell, every single week we're inviting, come and serve, come and be part of the prayer night, Please don't sit on the outside and let your fire die. Can the Holy Spirit fuel you inside of your home? Absolutely. But is it much easier when there are five other coals around me? Yes. Don't be the Amen. That is sizzling, that is glowing, that is on fire. That's where the Lord wants us and He's calling us. Do this together. We are a small church, we are not a mega church. That means we really have an opportunity to get to know one another, to encourage one another. If I see that Carl and your undies is going through a difficult time, then I can pray with them, I can encourage them with the word of faith. Amen. And even in this week, one of our team sent me a voice note. She's not here this morning, but I will honor her again. Afterwards, And she sent me a voice note and she said, Marissa, I just want to pray for you and your highness. I just want to encourage you with this scripture. And she had no idea it was a scripture that I was reading that same week. That's what happens in fellowship. That's what happens when we are together. And I really believe this morning God wants to encourage us to pray fervent kind of prayers. To go into a deeper place in our prayer life where he says, My child, I just want to invite you to come to the table that I've set before you. doesn't matter where you've been disappointed before it doesn't matter where you feel like you know this hasn't happened or that hasn't happened god has got a word for you in this season there is a manna, fresh rhema word for you in this season for whatever situation we are facing and he says just come to me because i'm the only place where you will get that word and that is the word that will fill your prayer life that is the word that will take you into a place of fervency, into a place where the Holy Spirit can feel that thing and we can start to see His kingdom being manifest around us. Amen? Does that encourage anyone this morning? Come on, why don't you stand this morning and we're going to pray. Thank you, Jesus.
1: I want you to close your eyes this
0: morning. And we're going to take a moment, and we're going to pray. We're going to pray. I felt like as I was preparing that, and I felt like that in my own life this week, that's why I believe the Lord has really challenged me. So I'm really preaching to myself this morning. That there were some of us that there's something in our life where we've had a word from the Lord we've had some type of idea of where God is taking us for some area in our life but we've stopped praying about it and the reason we've stopped could be anything it could be disappointment it could be I haven't seen the breakthrough and I got tired of it you know or things just became too difficult But you quit, you stopped praying for it. And you got sort of a little bit cold in your heart in that area. And I believe the Holy Spirit wants to refresh and rain down on that area this morning. And I pray if that is you, everyone's eyes are closed and heads are bowed, if that is you, if there's an area in your life that you know you've stopped praying, I pray that you will just gently raise your hand. I'm not going to call you out. I just want to know who I'm praying for this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And we can be honest. We're a family and we're not looking around. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I thank you this morning for every hand raised in this place. Father, I thank you that we can be reminded this morning that we serve the creator of heaven and We serve the God of the universe who created us from dust. We serve the King of kings and Lord of lords. And Father, I thank you that your word says that your thoughts are higher than our thoughts and your ways are higher than our ways. And this morning, I wanna bring every brother and sister before you Lord, who find themselves in a place where they've quit, where they've stopped praying, where they've stopped believing even for that breakthrough, for that thing to happen. And I want to ask through the power of your Holy Spirit to touch them right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you for the cloud of the abundance of rain in the Spirit that's raining on every heart this morning. To encourage that dry soil to grow again, to pray again, to believe again, to dust off that word to dust off that promise and to pray it again to start speaking it again because lord your word says that no promise that comes from your mouth will return to you void it will accomplish what it was sent forth to accomplish so father i pray that you will speak to everyone in this room lord that you would encourage our hearts again Lord, to get to a place of fervent prayer, to get to a place of being reminded, Lord, that prayer is simply communication with you. It's our lifeline that keeps us in relationship with you and that we can talk to you like we would talk to a father. Lord, that you are not scared of our emotions, that you are not scared of our disappointments, that you are not scared and surprised by anything that we are facing. Lord, that we can come and like Hannah, in a place of even... Bearing our whole soul before you. That is a place of fervent prayer. Lord, I thank you that our tears is a place of fervent prayer. And I pray, Lord, that we would come and we would get back to that place. Get back to that secret place. Of being alone with you. And pouring out our heart to you. And asking you, Lord, speak to me afresh again a refreshing word, man, a rain my word, and I pray that right now the Lord will even release words of knowledge, visions, even in your spirit's eye, that you will see what the Lord wants to say to you this morning, something fresh, something new for the season that you are in, and I thank you, Lord, that even as a church, you are speaking a fresh word over us, that when we are going, Lord, you will take us there, and you will keep us there. I thank you, Lord, that we can prophesy and declare over this new season that you have got the perfect, perfect spot for us where we can be full days, full week, where we can see the word of the Lord come to pass over our children's church, over our adult church, over our teenager church of the future, Lord, where we will see families restored, where we will see marriages restored, where we will see an army being raised up and equipped to lead this generation into the second coming of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name. And Lord, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would fuel us from the inside out. Lord, as we come to you, as we make it a priority, Lord, to lay our lives down before you, would you resurrect us in this area of prayer? Would you pour out your Spirit afresh on us this morning? Would you pour out your spirit on all your sons and daughters this morning and take us into a place of fervency. Lord, set us ablaze, set us on fire for the things of your kingdom. Because Lord, when we pray your will and when we pray in alignment with you, your word says as we seek your kingdom, all these other things shall be added unto us. When we build your house, you will build our house. Lord, when we put you first, you will never leave us second so we thank you this morning. I pray Lord that you will touch every one of your children in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Lord we glorify your name this morning. We praise you for everything that you are doing even though we cannot see it. We choose to speak that faith. We choose to declare your goodness. We choose to declare your faithfulness. Because that is who you are. And I pray that we will be a praying church, Lord, and that as we continue to pray and as we continue to just seek your presence, you will do things that we never thought or imagined possible. And we pray that we will be known, Lord, as a church that walks in supernatural faith, in fervent prayer, in a posture of humility, and in persistence, in the name of Jesus, and everyone said, Amen. Amen, Amen, bless you church, if anyone needs prayer, you know that we are going to be here in the front, you are so welcome to come, otherwise please go and have a coffee outside, and those of you who want to join us, we'll be here tonight at 5 o'clock for prayer night after Jesus,